Why don't you like this? I'm Seb. And I'm Molly. And this is our podcast. When we first met, we thought we were basically the same person, united by a love of vinyl records and daytime TV and vintage jumpers in the postal service. But three years in, we've realised that we have just as many differences. And that's what this podcast is. Each episode we'll be diving into a topic, exploring why one of us likes it and more importantly, asking the other. Why don't you like this? Alright, this episode is going to be on The Simpsons and it's going to be reasons why Seb loves it and why I absolutely can't stand the show. So I'm going to be going into a couple things. The show, we've watched three episodes together. My relationship to the show, the show in culture and the show within our lives. So I guess I'm just going to jump and say... Why do you like The Simpsons? There were two things that I remember as a kid watching at my grandma and granddad's house. And that was The Simpsons and also Only Fools and Horses. And I feel like Only Fools and Horses, I've got a really weird relationship with. I just really like it, even though I haven't seen it. Like I've watched it all, but I haven't watched it for years. But The Simpsons has been one that like... I feel like I probably enjoyed as a kid because a lot of the humour is quite childlike, a bit ridiculous. But now I absolutely can't stand it and I really don't understand the fascination with it. And I don't know whether that's because of like the weird 90s culture that's come back in fashion. But to me, it always feels really dated. It always looks really dated. And I feel like people are trying to get more meaning out of it than it actually has. Okay, so beyond just the cultural context of The Simpsons, what about the show itself? Because we just watched three episodes. What did you think of the episodes? So, there was the one about Lisa's substitute. Okay, so I'll just clarify. We we watched three episodes. Uh, Lisa's substitute, Homer Badman, and Maggie Makes Three. And I'll go into why we watched those episodes, but anyway, what were you saying? So, Seb was trying to reassure me that during Lisa's substitute, the substitute teacher wasn't a paedophile. Yeah, but he's not. But I'm pretty sure he was. Yeah, but... I mean... (laughs) I mean, who holds the hand of someone else's kid round a museum with his dad? And Lisa was talking about him like she was in love with him. Well, it was her first crush. Yeah, but why did Marge compare it to her love for Homer? Well... That's pretty fucking weird. It's it's not like an abnormal thing for a kid to have a crush on their teacher. But for her mum to go, Oh, well, you see, that's exactly the way I felt about your father. As if... It's almost like they're meant to be together because that's how it is with Marge and Homer. I don't think that's that's what she's getting at. I think it's more that, I don't know, that she's sort of saying, yeah, this is what it feels like to really like someone. And you'll understand what it's like one day when you're with the person you're going to be with. I don't know. It just felt... Re- it came across... Like, really dated, but also really creepy. And the weird, the weird, like, tribute to the the graduate was really fucking strange. Because that's literally how, if you think about it, that's literally what's happening with Lisa. A much younger girl. It's like the role's changed. Yeah, but that's just an homage because that's what The Simpsons does. That's a going thing. It's really weird, though. Okay, but aside from you thinking that Mr. Bergstrom is a paedophile, what do you think about the episode aside from that? Because you weren't impressed by You Are Lisa Simpson. No, I just felt like it was a little bit... 
a bit stupid. I thought it's trying to say something, but really, what is it actually saying? It's just saying that you are yourself. But I don't think the the show is trying to tell you that you are yourself. I think it's not trying to tell us something. It's trying to tell Lisa something. Yeah, but I feel like that's my problem with the show in general, that people, they're taking this emotional thing and putting it onto a kid's TV show. But it's not a kid's TV show. But it pretty much is. It's like saying Scooby-Doo isn't a kid's TV show. Okay, but how many kids TV shows have an episode about sexual harassment and the media? Probably more than you think. Like what? I don't know. You don't know, though, nowadays. But I'm just saying, like, it's, it feels like, you know... Okay, let me put this in into perspective. Seb is an illustrator. Yeah. I'm not a professional... I'm sort of a semi-professional illustrator at the moment. It doesn't pay the bills, but it pays. So, Seb likes illustration books that are for children... But kids don't really get them. Adults get them more. Like, they're made, I reckon, with adults in mind. Like, the tiger who would be king. I thought that was what you were going to bring up. Because I feel like The Simpsons, if it is this thing where people are like, oh, there's a greater meaning and stuff, I feel like, well, I just don't understand the point. Because masquerading something as a kid's TV show and then being like, oh, well, it's about racial issues and it's about sexual harassment. It's like, when are the kids going to have a fucking chance? I mean, I'm not being funny, but, like, ten-year-olds don't want to be watching things about people getting their asses pinched. But it's not a show for ten-year-olds. But it, It's a show it, for adults. But it's not, though, because the colours and everything tell me it's a kid's yeah, show. Yeah, just because something's animated doesn't mean it's for children. But you know it is for kids because it wouldn't have some of the stupid humour it does. Like what? Give me an example. An example. Literally everything. I crumba. And then... Yeah, but that's the product of its time. And then they needed the... catchphrases. Catchphrases what, what sold t-shirts and plush dolls. I guess, but even like into the later ones, the Simpsons movie where he's skating and his clothes come off. Yeah, but it's a movie for the family. There's something for the kids, something for the grown-ups. Yeah, but why can't... This is the thing that annoys me. Why can't things just be for the kids? Because it's not. That's not what it was designed for. But how do you know it's not what it's designed for? Because it's known that The Simpsons isn't a children's show. It wasn't shown... It was shown in prime time. It was shown at the same time that shows for adults were shown. Yeah, but now it's, like, all in the day. And it's, like, five o'clock. Well, yeah, but that's how syndication works. Would you say that Modern Family is a show for children? Because that's constantly on, on Sky One. I don't know, we don't have TV. We don't even have TV license. Yeah, but you've seen Modern Family before. I've seen it before, but I don't. I wouldn't know it enough. Okay, well, we're not a fans of The Big Bang Theory, but would you say it's a children's show? I see so many kids walking down the street with Ibazinga But do you think t-shirts. that's the core demographic of The Big Bang Theory? I don't Theory? know. Yeah, probably, because it's fucking idiots that enjoy that show. Okay, regardless. Um... Sorry, tangent... <laughs> Yeah, that was a <laughs> That was just me being a bit petty. Okay, so you didn't like I Am Lisa Simpson, but Do It For Her got to you. And you've seen that before. Yeah, the the one about Maggie. I think back in the days of Tumblr, when like Tumblr was really big, I remember seeing that on Tumblr and reblogging it. So did you like And Maggie Makes 3? Yeah, that one was more heartwarming. I guess the fact that like... I, I can see myself in Homer Simpson, which I guess is the point that you're proving, that people can see themselves 
in it. I guess the part where he like gets his dream job at the bowling alley. Because I feel like me and Seb used to... at the cinema. Yeah, me and Seb used to have a job at the cinema, the local one. And honestly, it was like the best job in the world. Yeah, it was pretty good. It was like... The perks were good. It wasn't even the perks. It, I think it was just the people, the timing of it. Like, it was there when I needed it to be there. It was, like, literally the best job. If you can imagine, like, all your life waiting for one job and then that is the job. But then now, like, looking back on it, that was, like, the highlight of my life. And, and now it's all downhill. Yeah, I see myself... The way Homer has to give it up to kind of, like, live a semi-normal life. Because I think a lot of people have that job when they're younger where they don't necessarily do it because of the money. And then... It'd be like if I worked at a record shop. But I don't know, though. Like, I wasn't even... It was just the job that I wanted. But then, like, things get in the way. Like, for Homer, he had a child and stuff. And then you have to give up the things that you love, which is really depressing because now I'm just, like, floating from job to job, searching for, like, something that will just give me that purpose that that job gave me. And I feel like Homer, although he's, like, a cartoony character, I do see myself in him. I don't know, like, you know, when you're, like, watching something and it's not even that you, like, massively enjoy it, but, like, something just reinvokes, like, some a feeling, I guess, which is why people love it. It just reinvokes something in you that just kind of, like, I don't know, it was, I was bawling. So would you say do you understand why people like The Simpsons and think it's great? I wouldn't say I think it's great. But you understand why people do think that? I understand why people like it, but I think also people act as if they like it more than they actually do because it's a cool thing to like now. Do you think I do that? I think you make out it, yeah, like you like it more. I think the problem I have is like it's become a trend to like it now. But it's never not been cool to like The Simpsons. But I feel like it wasn't that cool, like, maybe, like, ten years ago. Maybe, because then... It would have been shit then, Ten, it? And it's still shit now. But I think ten years ago, it wasn't far back enough for the nostalgia. Ten years ago, it was a show that used to be good and then stopped being good. Now it's a show that people are disconnected from and they just are able to cherry-pick the good episodes. Yeah, I just... I feel like, for me, when I was a kid... Because I would have been watching it at probably, like, such a young age. Like, I'm thinking... I'm thinking this was, like, at least ten years ago. I'm thinking probably from the ages of eight to eleven, maybe, was when I mainly watched it. And I think I wouldn't have been able to have that emotional connection with it. Whereas with Only Fools and Horses, I knew it was sad because the characters were sad. Whereas with The Simpsons, it's hard to sympathise with an animated person. But you've just told me how you did with Man Maggie Makes 3. But that's now. Yeah, I guess when you were a child. When I was a child it had literally no impact on me because I feel like I didn't... But when you're a child, why do you care that Rodney's sad or whatever? Like when Grandad died I was absolutely heartbroken and like watching back on episodes with Grandad it still makes me sad to this day but like I don't know like did you watch Simpsons as a kid yeah I watched it a lot like all the time probably I mean I don't remember 
but my parents have said that that was all me and Alex would watch when we were young. Did you have? Did you ever remember having like an emotional connection to the show? No. When I was a kid, I just thought it was funny. Probably. I'm. This is me guessing, but I assume I would have just thought it was funny. It was only as an adult that I sort of started to see more in the show. Um, so what about the second episode we watched, Home and Bad Man? Does that have something to say about the world? Is it making a comment, do you think? I don't know. Like, all seems so ridiculous that it kind of is a bit annoying. But you could say it's talking about the media cycle. But not even that that bothered me. It's the fact that, like... He was, like, almost having an orgasm over the fact that there was, like, a chewy bit of... Yeah, but it was... It was so weird. He was, like, his eyes were, like, proper going for it. His mouth, he was drooling. He was making these weird animalistic noises. (laughs) Okay, but, okay, so I didn't choose that one because it had something to say. I only chose it because it's one of my favourite episodes and purely because I think it's one of the funniest in my opinion. And you laughed. You laughed when they said, we've seen earlier Marge putting the cat out, possibly because it was harassed, we don't know. That got you laughing. Yeah, that was quite funny. So you do find parts of the show funny? I think I find parts of the show funny when it realises how ridiculous it is. Like that, when it said, the cat's been put outside, it could have been harassed. Like... They must know that it's ridiculous. But yeah, that's a comment on the ridiculousness of the media cycle. I guess. But I didn't see it like that. I just saw it as, like, absolutely ridiculous. It's actually funny how ridiculous it is. But it's self-aware. It knows. But I think that was the only time I laughed at it. You laughed at Rowdy Roddy Peeper. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was funny the fact that Homer was like, oh, that bloody... How quickly he turned Yeah, that bloody dirty beat up like, It's just... There's things about it that I do find funny. But, like, it's one of those shows that I could just never imagine myself, you know, cooking dinner, sat in the kitchen, because we've got a TV in our kitchen now. It's a 19-inch bad boy, but... 20-inch, probably, I reckon. 20-inch... <clears throat> That inch is all that matters. But, like, we watched the in-betweeners when we were cooking. And, like, that, I'd happily sit there and actually watch when we're not even cooking. But The Simpsons, I just couldn't see myself. But why would you happily sit and watch in-betweeners? Because I would say, beyond the first series, it's not that funny. It's not as funny as I remember. But that's not what's good about it. It's that you grow this connection with the character. But then I guess when I was watching it, how old ago? How long ago would that have been? Were you watching it as it aired? Yeah. So probably about two thousand seven to two thousand ten, I think it was. Yeah, so and I feel about like ten years ago. I feel like I didn't watch the first season as it aired. Yeah, the only season I watched as it aired was the third season. I feel like it was probably the same for me, because I might have even just caught the end of that. I think I was aware of it. I watched them all on 4OD, and then the third season aired after I'd watched all of them. Because yeah. at that point, it had gone from just this cult show to the massive phenomenon that it became. Yeah. It was between seasons two and three, I think. But, like, that, I feel like I would have been at an age where, like, I could have kind of understood it because I was a teenager myself. And, like, that was... I remember that being a huge part of when I grew up, whereas The Simpsons, like... When it first started, it would have been, like, almost ten years before I was born. If yeah. not ten years before I was born. 89 it started. Yeah, so oh, nine Chris- years. Christmas of 89. Nine years before I was born. Yeah. So, like, 
realistically I'd be late to the game anyway yeah. and I'd have to be watching it as a fucking baby coming out of the womb I mean for either of us to have been old enough to have started watching it it would already have been not a good show that's what I mean and I feel like maybe that's why but do you reckon if you were there you would have a connection to it I reckon because I wasn't there I but you were close. You were closer to it than I was. But not and by it a lot. still probably would have been good when, like, surely in the late nineties. I wasn't old enough to watch it in the late nineties. I don't think I would have been watching it as a five-year-old. No, I guess not. I would have turned six in the year two thousand. I can't imagine I was watching it much before age sort of ten. But it's just strange, isn't it? Like the fact that I really remember it being quite a big part of my childhood, but also a part of my childhood that I didn't really choose. Like it was just on. Yeah. Whereas, like you, you don't necessarily remember it that much. Yeah, I don't remember the bullet points from my childhood. But it's something that you've had enough connection with that you've gone back as an adult and, like, gone deeper into it and trying to find, like, different meanings. But it's just strange. Okay, so I'm going to bring in a tangent here and talk briefly about the time that Vice magazine interviewed me because of The Simpsons, and I kind of resented it. I graduated in June or July of 2017. By the end of the year, I hadn't had any success. I was seeing some of my peers become successful and I was becoming really resentful. Um, And one day I got an email from a man working for Vice magazine. He had seen a zine that I'd produced several years ago, back in 2015, I think I'd read it first, called Depressing Simpsons Comics. In Depressing Simpsons Comics, I created a series of comics using the Simpsons characters as a sort of pop culture filter some of my feelings about the world, about life, about my life. I'd since moved past it. It was a long time ago. My style had really changed. And I think I resented the sort of the cheap depression aesthetic that I'd gone for with the comic. Were you in university at the time that you wrote I was, like, yeah. wrote it? Yeah. This would have been about a year before I met you, probably less. It I feel like Depressing Simpsons and the kind of themes that were in it kind of made made it seem like you were a university student. Like, some of the things were, like, I don't know, like, cliché university art student problems. Yeah, and it's not that I wasn't earnest with those, with my feelings on them. They were all feelings that I'd had. But I think it's easy to read that and think that I was trying to portray that those were my only feelings at the time and that I was really going through something when I've never had any history of mental health. Um, well, I guess you do have mental health. Well, yeah, but you I haven't have had... a history of mental health. I don't have a history is... of struggling with my mental health. Or mental health problems. I'd say for the most part, my mental health is pretty sound. But in 2017, in December, I received this email from a man working for Vice magazine. He'd got a copy of this zine, had sort of, um, it had found its way online. Someone had bought it at an art fair where I'd been selling it. They'd put it on Tumblr. Someone had seen it on Tumblr, tracked it down on my Etsy page, bought it on my Etsy page. I bought it on my Etsy page, posted it on Instagram under an account called Zine Tent. Um, and from there, it had been seen by quite a few people including the man from Vice magazine, who interviewed me with a couple of questions. You were there when I first opened the email. How did I react to it? He was, like, clearly quite upset about it. He was like, oh, it's so frustrating because it's not even, like, some of my good work. 
and that's the one that I'm going to be known for. But then I think kind of came around to it when I said, you know, any press is good press. Because at that point, I'd had nothing at all. But, like, I also understood that, like, it wasn't the direction they wanted his career to go in. So I myself was hesitant to say, you know, go for it. But I did ultimately in the end. I had my 15 minutes of fame. I had a handful of people messaging me on Facebook, messaging me online, trying to get a copy of the zine. I never ended up producing more copies of the zine. I'd kind of moved past it. But I think that sort of brings us nicely into the other thing I want to talk about, which was the culture surrounding The Simpsons. Simpsons zine culture alone is massive. If you type in Simpsons zine on Etsy, you'll find a thousand results, each one of them entirely different. You've got critically acclaimed ones, you've got rubbish ones, you've got ones that's just free frames from The Simpsons, you've got really fine art pieces... So why do you think, as someone that isn't a fan and doesn't enjoy the context and the culture surrounding The Simpsons, that a show that was only good for 10 out of its 30-year run brings that out of people? I think there's a lot of people like Seb who are searching for some meaning in it. And I think also The Simpsons, I can't name a single person who probably doesn't remember watching The Simpsons as a kid. So you it think was... it's just sort of a ubiquitous thing that everyone enjoys cult- as a cultural artefact because because everyone knows it as like a cultural touchstone? Yeah, I guess. And I feel like the kind of people who are making these zines and stuff are quite pretentious people. Would you say that I'm quite a pretentious person? Definitely. Okay. <laughs> I'd say you're the most pretentious person I've ever met. But I think The Simpsons... I feel like The Simpsons... A big part of what I remember was Homer would have these, like, meltdowns, I guess. I feel like it was very existential. Like, I feel like... I don't know. There was just an existential feeling to it where everyone was kind of, like, having their own, like, meltdown about the future. Like, Lisa and stuff. She's very in her head. Homer, I feel like, similar. You said it's a kid's show. Yeah. Do you stand by that? I think it is a kid's show. I think there are themes that, like, a kid's not going to be able to relate to a guy having to quit his dream job to provide for his family. But I feel like that's one aspect of The Simpsons that people have taken on. They've, like, leached onto it and thought, oh, my God, I am Homer Simpson. So do you think that's what's inspired the culture surrounding it? Yeah, I reckon the fact that everyone watched it as a kid and the fact that, like... They try and, I guess, they try and, like, play on the fact that not just kids are watching. They play on the fact that, like, adults can relate to the characters. Which I still stand by it being wholeheartedly a kid's show. But I feel like it's a kid's show that knows that kids and adults are going to be watching. But I don't think it was made for adults specifically. Do you think you're in the minority in saying that you think it's a kid's show? I don't know. Do you think many people think it's a kid's show? I reckon the average person does. I reckon the artsy, oh, I'm going to write a zine about The Simpsons being really artistic, but it's actually about my depressive thoughts. I think, I think that's pretentious. I just think a lot of the stuff with to do with The Simpsons is just pretentious. It actually annoys me that, like, a kid's show is, like, so loved by adults who are, like, don't know what they're doing in their lives. What about the iconography of it? Because you could draw a rectangle, put some spikes on it, and that's Bart Simpson straight away. You like pop culture iconography. If something's got Mickey Mouse on it, 
you're going to buy it. Do you like things like yeah, that? Yeah, I like Mickey Mouse. But then it's weird, isn't it? Because I never remember watching any Mickey Mouse as a kid. I literally don't remember anything. Like, Disney movies are not the same as Mickey Mouse. Was Mickey Mouse like a TV show? But this is what I mean. But it was never something... I only know it really as... as a cultural touch yeah. kind of. Whereas as Simpson I, call, I know as not that. But I'd say that as it exists today, that is its main purpose, is a cultural icon. Because no one's watching it today and enjoying it. Or there's a very, few, there's a very small audience for it in terms of current episodes. Then we can go over to Dad's and, like, Summer and Shell's watching it and laughing along. Yeah, I suppose, but I don't think they're really understanding it. But I feel like that's what problem I had, is that I never understood it as a kid, so now, as an adult, I don't really understand it either. Maybe. But, um, I mean, looking around the room right now, I can see on my desk there's a figure of Homer Simpson with his arm up. I don't know what it was for. I think I paid 50p for a car boot sale. I can see a weird Robo Sapien Homer Simpson. I can see some chess figures based on Homer, Maggie and Lisa. I can see six DVDs. I can see a plush toy of Bart Simpson and a plush toy of Cheeks of Wiggum. And in the bedroom, you have to admit that one of our coolest jumpers is the Bart Simpson jumper. Yeah, there was a pretty neat Bart Simpson jumper in there. But then I don't know if it's cool because it's Bart Simpson or it's cool because the co- the colours and the shape, which I guess is also why it's taken so well. It's got nice colours. It's got such simple characters. They're just shapes. You said that you felt like it looked old when we watched it. Yeah, it looks so aged. I think there's a comfort in that. I think there's a sterileness to the new episodes that are lack that I don't know, it doesn't have the heart of the hand drawn animation that it used to have. I don't know though, like I would say the main reason it looks old isn't because of the hand drawnness. It's because the colours look washed out. I'd say I definitely agree with that with Lisa's substitute because that's from the second season. That's from almost no, thirty. Well, years I'm ago. thinking like the title sequence as it goes into it. That I feel like is really washed out. But that's because they kept the same opening sequence for ten, fifteen years. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like the problem is people putting what they want to see in the show onto the show and then thinking Oh, because because I feel like this and Homer occasionally has like mental breakdowns. I can really relate to the show, whereas it's like, well, can you relate to the show because you beat your child? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but that's more sort of a pastiche of vintage cartoons. It's sort of like a, an homage to beating your children. <laughs> we we've had arguments about this before, and you can't let that go. That the strangling his child. Yeah, because it's pretty serious. Homer had the whole news crew down because he pulled a jelly person off someone's bum. But they don't. They're not going down because he's just strangling his kid almost to death. Yeah, but you can almost sort of imagine that that's not a thing that's actually happening. You could see that almost as like a reference that's happening. No, it very much is happening. But people are so quick to like push past that. I feel because it's not really important. But why isn't it important? Because no one said that it's important, or I guess because it just doesn't fit the kind of the image that people want of The Simpsons of being a stylish 90s throwback show. Alright, here's a question for you. Would Homer Simpson have voted for Donald Trump? Probably. Yeah? I reckon if he's the everyman and probably majority of the everyman voted for Donald Trump because 
big whoop Donald Trump is in power so someone fucking voted for him then I would assume it would be a home a home Simpson person do you know what I mean yeah this is the thing though people like saying oh did this person vote would this person vote for Donald Trump well yeah probably because probably most of Americans vote for Donald Trump so yeah they probably did it's like the whole Brexit thing would Homer Simpson have voted for Brexit yeah, probably because it was a referendum and they, or whatever it was, and guess what? We're leaving the EU. So, yeah, he probably would have because the majority would have. Do you think then that Homer Simpson as a character is designed as a representation of the ordinary man? I would assume so, yeah. So, why would they make that effort in a show for children? What's a child going to get out of seeing a representation, a reflection, and a critique of the modern man? Because then they can relate to it, so they find the jokes funny because they can see themselves in it. But what about the times when Homer's being a really horrible person, and it's not necessarily saying this is the modern man, it's sort of a critique and a satire of the modern man? I guess then people probably like it even more because Homer himself is a flawed character. But why would a child like a flawed character? Children have no interest in flawed characters. But I don't think children like the... like the Simpsons in that way. I think kids just like it when he beats his child and when Bart goes, I caramba, man. All right, so I guess I'm going to try and bring this back into sort of tie this all up. I take, I do take issue with you saying it's a children's show. Do you, Would you at least acknowledge that it wasn't the creators don't see it as a children's show? I think, although you see problem with, or like take offence at me calling it a children's show, it is a children's show. And I'm not talking like in the night garden t- children's show. I'm talking like 8 to 14 children's show where kids kind of know what's going on. But do you think that's what the creators intend for it to be? But what the creators intend for it to be and what it actually is are two different things most of the time. But do you think 8 to 14 year olds are the main people watching yeah. 90s Simpsons episodes? I don't know, because they're on TV so much, like 5 to 6. That's just Simpsons. Okay, do you think 8 to 14 year olds are the ones who appreciate the Simpsons? Appreciate and watch are two different things. For instance, I appreciate Short Term 12... It's my favourite film, but I don't watch it very much. I appreciate Only Fools and Horses, but I barely watch it now. And it's two different things. It's going to be two different audiences. So can something be a children's show without that being the intention? Yeah, I think that's what's happened to The Simpsons. I think maybe maybe the creators thought, you know, I reckon they kind of knew it would pick up that niche market of people but if that's if they know that and that's who they're making it for but i don't mean they're making it it i don't mean they're making it solely for that because there's like fart jokes all this kind of jokes jokes of homer being a bit of a pig and stuff and i feel like those are put in specifically for a young audience who laugh at like literally anything do you know what i mean i think a lot of the slapstick though it's ironic it's not meant to be just oh homer farted it's an ironic, we were expecting a different joke and that was what we got. It's a subversion I don't think so. of expectation. No, I don't think so. I think. Do you think that's me just reading into a I show too much? I think it's you reading into it too much. But do you also think it's millions of people reading into a show too much? I don't mean it's millions of people, but to the same extent as you think, I reckon it's probably like 95% of people who watch The Simpsons don't see it as this so- social critique. 
reckon it's this 5% that are vocal about it that think it is because I could talk to anyone at work, any of my friends about The Simpsons and they'll probably say, oh yeah, I remember watching that all the time as a kid because it was just on TV. Whereas I don't think any of them would say, oh, I bet Homer Simpson would vote for Donald Trump because he's the everyman. Do you know what I'm saying? Okay, we're going to break out the dirty word. What? Hipsters. It's hipsters. And you're a hipster. It's hipsters that like The Simpsons as a social critique. It's normal people who like The Simpsons for what it actually is. Is it made for the hipsters? No, it's made for the normal people. Or do you think the people that but are making then, it are the hipsters? I don't think they're the hipsters. the hipsters that are also watching it? No. I think it was made with a few inside jokes, um, but I think it was made for the normal person to watch it and be able to relate. I don't think it was made for like some dirty ass 25 year old with a beard and glasses that are too big for his face i think i'm not 25 and i don't have a beard no but the kind of person i'm imagining who's probably got a bart simpson tattoo that says don't have a cow man is probably a dirty hipster i don't know i just reckon you are in the five percent of people who are pretending it means more than it does And that's okay if it means more than it does to you or it means more to you than it does to me. But, like, I don't see it as much more than a children's show. I enjoy the fact that it's a bit aesthetically pleasing but not enough that I'd be, you know, wearing stuff with Bart Simpson on. Okay, well, I think you're massively off the mark there but it doesn't seem like you're willing to sort of change your view on that. But can you understand why people think it's great? I understand in the way that I understand some people think Fast and Furious is great. Doesn't mean it actually is. I understand that it's it's a big cultural phenomenon, that it's just a huge part of our everyday life. Like, that was part of a lot of people's growing up life, watching The Simpsons on, like, a ridiculous channel between five and six. And I understand why people like it, in the way that I understand why people like everything. But I also think people put too much meaning into things that aren't meant to have that much meaning put on them. And that's why the show turned to shit. Because it had such a big shoes to fill. I don't know, I would argue that it began as counterculture. You know, um, George Bush put out a statement saying we should have less families like the Simpsons and more families like the Waltons. But for the President of the United States of America to be putting out a statement saying he disapproves of the Simpsons. I think people probably leached onto that. Uh, but then it's turned around, it's gone from being counterculture to being the culture, and there's not many things you can say that about. I'd say hip-hop is one example. It's hard to think of ones outside of music, really. It's counterculture that became culture in the way that hip-hop did, and I don't think there's many other things you could say that about, which I think is why people think it's great, why I think you're wrong to say that most people see it as a children's show and don't see it as a cultural staple, and I think that's just something that you're missing there. But ultimately, I don't think I'm going to be able to change your opinion. No, I think the fact that we've been arguing about this for probably three straight years probably makes me think that it's just one thing that we're never going to see eye to eye on, and that's okay sometimes. In the name of the show is Why Don't You Like This? Not I'm Going to Make You Like This. 
Exactly. you got to be fair, you've got to see both points of view, and sometimes you've just got to agree that there's not going to be a positive outcome of it, it's just going to be a neutral outcome. And I think watching Simpsons today did make me be able to sympathise more with the show itself. Did it make you understand the context that I'm seeing it from more, watching it? Only that one episode, but that was literally it. The other two episodes were total horseshit, literally. Alright, well I don't think many people are going to agree with you, but that's not the point of the show, I guess. <laughs> it's not, why don't you agree with me? It's, why don't you like this? So I think that kind of wraps up our first episode. In conclusion, I think that The Simpsons exists in a cultural context beyond the show itself, although I think the show itself is very good. I think it went from counterculture to culture. I think people understand that, and I think that most of the people watching it, or at least watching the golden era of The Simpsons, understand that it's something more than a show, and you think it's a children's show, and that there isn't really that's not really worth cultural contextualization beyond that, and that's fine. Cool. Um, so what are some ideas you've got for upcoming episodes we could do? I'm thinking we can go into supermarkets. I don't like supermarkets. Other things I enjoy that Seb is either neutral or not liking. We got Only Fools and Horses. Yeah, again, I've not, not enjoyed it when I watched it, but I, I don't know. We got Wallows. Yeah, I have feelings on Wallows. We got... History. History is a subject. History is a subject. Okay. Which you're not interested in. That's true. The slightest. We got the crafts. Yeah, I have feelings on the crafts. And cooking. What yeah. a, What about you? Um. So one of the main ideas we even discussed as doing as episode one is Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. Peep Show is another good one. I have the first five seasons on DVD. I've rewatched the whole season recently. I've seen every episode a lot of times. I do think it's one of the best British TV shows. Which I also think that I could probably be swayed on. Yeah. Because I was hating on American Pie until we watched it. And now I think it's pretty good. I think lo-fi music... I think lo-fi music. I think experimental music in general. Oh. <laughs> music that's not easy to listen to. Yeah, I'm not up for that episode. Recent, we recently listened to Autobahn by Kraftwerk, and you gave it a 3 out of 10. Yes. Which I think the album's a masterpiece. I think it's at least a strong 8. I think that's one we could discuss. I'm not looking forward to experimental music. Anthony Fantano? Yeah. Or mu- just music reviews. Music isn't criticism, it? I guess. Yeah, I think there could be some interesting topics. Yeah. I think we. I think when we first got together, it was hard for us to be able to discuss things that we liked and the other one disliked without getting into like a full on argument where we'd be really annoyed with each other. But I think we've come to accept that we're very different people and that that's okay. And in a lot of ways, we're very similar people. Like. The fact that we wear pretty much the same clothes. We have the same coloured hair quite often because Seb goes, oh, I want to dye my hair this colour. And then I go, I also want to dye my hair this colour. We've got 
similar tattoos. I think in some ways we have a similar outlook on the world, outlook on people. I just think I'm a lot less pretentious than Serb. And I think I like to contextualise things more and take the context into... Perspective. Yeah. But I think I think we're, we've reached a balance where we're at the happy medium of, like, being able to discuss things and also be able to not upset the other person with our feelings. And I think at this point we're rambling, so I'm going to stop the recording right here. (laughs) 